0: All right, B-listers, you know the drill. This is your official spoiler alert for the episode. If you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now. And if you don't care about spoilers, hold on to your seats because this episode starts now. Hi, Court. And hello, fellow B-Critics. Welcome to another episode of the B-Critics podcast. This movie is a bit wild. Um, Determining what was real and what was not was almost impossible until, like, the very end. Okay. But before we really get into (laughs) it, let's tell the people where to find us. Right. So you can follow the podcast on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. At B Critics Podcast, be sure to hit that subscribe button and follow our Instagram for all the best movie content. Yes, subscribe and follow. So I think it is time to get into the episode. Our guest critic for this episode is Robbie. Hi, Robbie. Hi, guys. <laughs> so Robbie is a college friend of ours. Uh, he's also a fellow podcaster, so you can go check out his podcast, Bros in the Berg. Um. But yeah, so with that, Robbie, do you want to go ahead and introduce our movie?
1: Sure. So today we're talking about a movie where Leonardo DiCaprio is stranded at sea, but it's not the one that you're thinking of. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Shutter <laughs> Island.
0: Yay! <So>. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love the intro. All right. So just real quick before we start talking about it, I'll run through a quick summary. Officers Teddy Daniels and Chuck ole, ole, (laughs) have been sent to Shutter Island, which houses Ashcliff, an isolated facility for the criminally insane, to, to investigate the mysterious disappearance of one of the patients. But that's not all that's going on in this island. Teddy and Chuck quickly realize that something fishy is going on with the staff and doctors. They may be performing experiments on patients, and Teddy is determined to expose them. When he finally catches up with his accusations, the story is flipped on its head to expose what's really going on which is not what you think, and who is really involved, which turns out to be everyone. What story can be trusted? Who is actually who they say they are? Nothing is as it seems. Yeah, this is the most confusing movie ever. (laughs) When you're like first watching it, it's like- It's confusing and you're also like
1: on edge the entire time. Like you know something isn't right, (laughs) you don't know what it is. Like something just doesn't sit right with you the whole time.
0: Yeah. And the music. You're like, what? Like, it's just like loud and like very suspenseful. And you're like, what is about to happen? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. We're going to talk about all of those things. But before we do, let's talk about the episode Ammo. Mm -hmm. So this movie is two hours and 18 minutes long. Um, It definitely felt two hours and 18 minutes long. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I feel like movies today are like two hours and like 40 or 50 minutes. And so this was like much better than that, at least. It, it
1: um, but it's long. a mystery.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did feel long. It felt long. I watched it. I watched it in like three sittings. So it definitely felt long. <laughs> um, but it's a mystery, thriller, drama, in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. It's rated R. Um which, actually, yeah, that does make sense. It has a lot of mm-hmm. bad language, disturbing, violent content, and definitely a lot of nudity, which, like, randomly shows up. In the oddest places, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The disturbing content is, like, what got me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, this movie came out in 2010, which mm-hmm. – despite it being in the 2000s, was actually like a pretty good year for movies. Yeah. So the same year Inception came out, um, mm-hmm. Black Swan, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one, which was like the two-parter for the end of that series, The Social Network, which I feel like everyone has seen, and then also Twilight Eclipse, which if you haven't watched our episode on that, you can go do that now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Social Network is probably the, mes- the best movie of that year, and I'm surprised that Inception came out the same year, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. I <laughs> felt like this one like kind of felt like, so Leonardo DiCaprio's in that as like essentially mm-hmm. the same character, and like I just feel like I felt a lot of parallels between those two movies, um, this one and Inception, so it's kind of weird that they came out the same year.
1: I guess yeah. Mind mind-bending thrillers were in in twenty ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. With going with on. Leonardo DiCaprio specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie was made by Paramount, mm-hmm. and it was directed by Martin Scorsese. What a yeah. classic guy! I'm kind of like surprised he's the one who <laughs> directed this movie. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he was like the original person chosen to direct this, but. He I mean all of his movies kind of have like something weird to them so I feel like this kind of matches that but he's yeah. also been coined as one of the major figures of the new Hollywood era Well he's so. like a very de- very decorated director that's for sure I just feel yeah. like this is probably not his like best work I found a mm-hmm. um a list of all of the like 20-something Martin Scorsese films and like in order of how good they are basically and this was like pretty low on the list Hmm. yeah it's I saw somewhere that it's the only Martin Scorsese and Leo DiCaprio collab that didn't get any nominations at all yikes which is wild <laughs> yeah he so he also directed Goodfellas um, which everybody knows of that movie Mm -hmm. And then he directed The Wolf of Wall Street, which is Leo, and he also – like, that's a pretty well-known and well-liked movie as well. And then Aviator, I think, is Leo also. I have no idea. I haven't seen that Aviator movie. I haven't seen it either, but I think it's more recent. Um, Okay, so we've talked a lot about the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio is in this movie, (laughs) but has, like, a pretty notable cast just, like, in general. Um, so it also has Mark Ruffalo, which we know is one of Liz's that's things. my boy. I love Mark <laughs> <Yeah>. Ruffalo. <laughs> um, and then Ben Kingsley, and I also added Ben um, Kingsley, Sir, <laughs> Sir Ben Kingsley, um, and Emily Mortimer and Michelle Williams. Who Emily Mortimer and Michelle Williams? Who are their characters in this movie? So Emily Mortimer is one of the Rachels. I think she's cast as like Rachel one. number one and then okay. um, Michelle Williams is his wife oh, okay okay okay. yeah yeah I think she needed to mention oh,
1: um and great. this
0: movie yeah and then <laughs> the acting in the movie is honestly pretty good um but the movie is known for being pretty confusing and I feel like it's known for being like a Martin Scorsese not a dud but like not his best work, I guess. I mean, you can call it a dud. It, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like like this movie <laughs> and Inception coming out in the same year is kind of mind bending to me. Like they're mm-hmm. not even the they're same not on the same playing field. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. people might disagree, but I don't, I don't I mean, this one is an adaptation of a book, right? So is it? Yeah, mm-hmm. it I think so. Probably. Yeah. So uh, I think that may have something to do with it as well, because I feel like yeah, book writers, like authors, are a little picky. I feel like when they get involved, sometimes movies go a little differently than maybe the director planned.
1: Yeah, I feel like the the movie people want to ad-lib off the book and the book writer wants it to be exactly like the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ends up being neither of those two things. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. That's how I am. I'm, like, kind of psychotic about the book-to-movie adaptations, and I love when they're, like, on point, and I get so angry sometimes when they're off. Um, But Courtney's like, I'm I'm curious. You have to accept that they're, like, different (laughs) entities, basically. Yep. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to start by talking about, like, the two – main stars in the movie so Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo so we can start with Leo Mm -hmm. Um, this movie in my opinion I'm curious to see what y'all think but I think this is like the most classic um, like Leo movie there ever could be like I feel like he was like made for this role yeah Yeah. he was
1: I mean (laughs) his acting was great through the whole thing it felt like it was something he was comfortable with um, mm-hmm. And yeah, kind of kept up the the farce pretty well, which I guess <laughs> at some point, but
0: he did to say. I know it it feels very casual. Like when you're watching it, you're like, oh my god, like this is easy for him, like whatever. But he did say that it was one of the most intense movies he's ever worked on, just because of like how like deep it all is, and like mm-hmm. I think they made it feel very real on set. Like they had psychiatrists on set; mm-hmm. they were actually like filming in like what used to be insane asylums and like i think it felt like very real while they were filming which would be hard I think for anyone
1: apparently there was a lot of uh visual effects in this though more than you would think because it seemed like a movie that could be almost filmed entirely on set somewhere but i was reading Mm -hmm, online that mm -hmm. actually a lot of it was done with cgi and visual effects and stuff like that which was somewhat surprising
0: yeah i feel like there were a couple parts that like looked like anytime we got a flashback to like him being at Dachau, like it looked a little questionable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not much to Dachau. It's like a there's like dirt there, basically. Like it kind of looks like that. Um, to be honest, but yeah, I I thought you to your point, Liz. They did a good job like making it look like an insane asylum like it felt like um have either of you been to like Alcatraz no Mm -hmm. um it looked kind of like that to me which Alcatraz is like the same thing it's like a prison on I don't I don't think it's a um mental hospital but it's a prison on an island just Mm -hmm. like this and the whole point was that they put like the worst prisoners there so that they couldn't like go anywhere because they couldn't go through the water Mm-hmm.
1: That's where they put Al Capone when they got him for tax evasion. He went to
0: Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this felt very similar to that. Um, we but- so this is kind of inside, but like kind of going along with what we're talking about. The three of us went to the University of Alabama. And mm-hmm. there's like a pretty well-known former mental hospital there. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but we did at one point like go walk through it. <laughs> <laughs> snuck in <laughs> yeah checked it out yeah <laughs> yeah i never i never uh, went pretty creepy
1: <laughs> i didn't either
0: so apparently there's two in tuscaloosa there's the one that's oh, there's the old on one and the new one campus and there's then the, one the that's other like on one on campus yeah mm-hmm. yeah the
1: one on campus they're like turning into like actual a classrooms theater. now they're doing a bunch of construction yeah. and stuff on it yeah
0: they haven't finished it Which yet they started that like I'm forever sure it's not ago done. when I was still in no school. <laughs> I don't
1: think it's done. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it, uh, when I watch things like that, like this movie, like I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to that theater. Like that's just a little <laughs> creepy. Um. Okay, but we were talking about Leo. So we said he was like a little bit like, or or Liz, you said he had trouble with this role, and I kind of get that mm-hmm. because I feel like um this whole movie was like verging on the edge of being like way too over the top like there were a few moments when I burst out laughing and I was like I don't think I was supposed to burst out laughing like in that moment I think that was supposed to be serious and so I feel like in general Leo did a pretty good job with that um, like keeping it just on the edge, but within the bounds. But sometimes I feel like it was like way too much. I was like, "This is a little unbelievable." They, I, I didn't have that reaction. I never laughed at any point in this movie. Um, okay, that's good. There definitely were a couple, a couple parts where I was kind of <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> there were also couple, notably like also
1: like. Things like- I think they're supposed to be like, oh, like something is like, isn't right. Like things weren't uh-huh. cut right or whatever. But, like, yeah, i also think maybe some of it wasn't cut right. Cause like the things that they did like make you feel like, you no, know, something was off, mm-hmm. didn't really feel like that. I like, okay, maybe they just messed up there, but they can play it off as, oh, we're just in this other, you no, know, something else is going on or we're trying to make mm-hmm. you feel uneasy, but it didn't, yeah. um, it didn't feel right.
0: Like the scene where he's like interviewing one of the patients mm-hmm. and she, they like grab her a water and like you see him hand her the water and then she goes to drink it, and there's nothing there. And yeah. then she puts the water yeah. down and you're like, I, that was obvious. Like, yeah. I think it was supposed to be sly, but it, it wasn't it was very <laughs>
1: obvious. Yeah. yeah. I did feel very smart for catching that though. Cause I was like, oh, all <laughs> that sick. But like, it, it was gotcha. very obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: That part confused me so much. I rewinded it and watched it again because I was like, "Wait, Same. What? yeah, I did too." <laughs> I still didn't understand that. Really, like I just like she wasn't drinking things that people gave her, or something. Or
1: I think it's supposed to be showing or, you that like Leo isn't a reliable narrator in this because like it's from his perspective, so like it's mm-hmm. trying to. It's not real, like because
0: it's like uh, leaving out key details, like yeah. her drinking okay. the water. Like, yeah, interesting. I think um Mark Ruffalo too was like a pretty good and like opposite or like um like an opposite of leo so like i feel like leo's character was like so over the top and mark ruffalo's character was so like grounded monotone like flat like the whole time and it makes Mm -hmm. sense when you find out like who he really is in the end um like why he was kind of acting like that but i also Mm -hmm. feel like that's kind of just how mark ruffalo acts I so if I'm being completely honest and I love Mark Ruffalo like love him and I so I this is literally awful but I have not I haven't seen this movie all the way through before I've only seen the end so Mm -hmm. I knew like the end and I but I didn't really understand like how they get to the end and so like watching it like when you first see the two of them together like it's fine but then like as you keep watching them I just thought like Mark Ruffalo was doing a bad job acting but mm-hmm. it's, he's like supposed to be it's supposed to be bad because he's yeah. not an actor in the movie yes yeah yeah that and important. so I, it took me a while to grasp I was like upset I was like there's no way he's so bad at this role like there's no way no way mm-hmm. and come to find out it was on purpose Yes, yeah, they definitely <laughs> had him do that on purpose and but it was weird because i remember thinking the same thing i was like he is like not super believable as chuck there
1: and then he kept <laughs> he's going not back and forth on like if he was like going to be like really like playing by the rules or all of a sudden he'd be like no mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want leo like just go out there and like wander the island
0: yeah it like, mm-hmm. doesn't make any
1: sense like he seems like he's strict whatever else but mm-hmm. i think that was the point is like he had to keep him within some boundaries but also wanted him to go out and do his own thing at the same time and i think part yeah. of that was him being wishy-washy on that part
0: yeah, they really needed him to believe. Right. Like who he thought he was. Mhm. Okay. So, fun fun fact before we move off of Mark Ruffalo. Okay. So, on the internet, people are saying that Mark Ruffalo got the role of Chuck um because he sent Martin Scorsese a fan letter saying how much he wanted to work with him and why. <laughs>
1: Shoot your shot, I guess.
0: Yeah. It worked. I mean. Um. Okay. Well, maybe I, mean, I should was... write a fan letter to Martin Scarstacy. <laughs> I mean, you don't have things like 13 going on 30 like on your resume, so I don't know exactly yeah. how that would work out. Um, you don't know till you The Critics podcast. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. Worth a shot. <laughs> you should write to him. Fan make sure you include a post um, on the internet (laughs) include a headshot for sure um one other character I just want to talk about a little bit um actually Mm -hmm. two so I want to talk about um Sir Ben Kingsley as Dr. John Cawley the senior Mm -hmm. psychiatrist because I thought he was like really quite a character like with his mustache and his like bow tie and stuff Like, he was definitely very larger than life. And, like, the fact now that I know that it came from a novel, that makes a lot more sense, like, his whole persona. Well, he actually modified the persona from the book. So in the book, that character is, like, just an American doctor. Okay. And he, like, modified it. I think he made the character more than what it was initially, and I think it worked really well that he did yeah he like i think he did a good job like
1: villain like he yeah. just looked evil from the get-go and,
0: mm-hmm. and he would say things and you'd be like you my friend are very suspicious yeah like <laughs> i don't necessarily think you're a bad guy but you're kind of making it seem like maybe you are <laughs> like everything was very suspicious from the very beginning um mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. we're dropping uh, you off on this island and then we are getting out of there and he's like why <laughs> Like I wouldn't be getting off that ferry. I'd be like, "No, I'm going to stay on the ferry. <laughs> I'm going back with you." I would have turned around the moment they took my weapons. I would have been like, "Bye. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a federal marshal. I'm, this is not the way I roll." Um and then the other person I want to talk about is Michelle Williams, who played Dolores Teddy's manic depressive wife. Um and she makes a lot of appearances like throughout in Teddy's like dream world, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: And I thought she did a fabulous job. I thought she was like really effectively creepy. And like, I don't know, like she drew me in. And so it was kind of believable that she was like drawing Teddy in or like he was obsessed with like thinking about her.
1: The last scene was like perfectly terrifying. Like she nailed that. The very last scene with the two Mm -hmm. of them, like she like was very scary, but like also like was believable at the same time i thought she like Mm -hmm. that last scene was just perfect
0: i wanted to like her so bad like Mm -hmm. i so badly wanted to like love that character like you see her like in his dreams and she's like don't let me go and i'm like don't let her go teddy that's the love of your life but then like you know you know she's bad because they're telling they're telling you the whole time that it's her like you know it's her when they're Mm -hmm. talking about this rachel person you know also, you, you know there's know. something up with her because the very first dream scene where she I, – I can't remember if the first one is the one with, like, all the, fire. the falling, like, shrapnel in the fire. Okay, yep. it must be. Yeah. Um, That one was so dramatic. Like – there's emotions wet. in she's it she's wet the like yeah. they're just be. they're breathing a lot like i was like something's <laughs> going on with this girl like, also, like her whole back was like her.
1: falling apart and then he like hugs her from behind us like he would just be like going into like crumpled ash like it didn't make any sense like her whole back was starting to like crumple away and he just like hugs her i'm like that doesn't i don't like that that he'd be covered yeah
0: <laughs> yeah this is something's not right about this <laughs> yeah I really um, wanted to like her. I wanted her to be a likable character. And like I get that she wasn't, but Yeah, I thought she was cute. She seemed yeah. like she could be likable. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like she did it, she did that role well, is because mm-hmm. like you had those emotions. Yep. Um okay, so next I wanna talk about the background music or really the music the whole time. Um and the one song that I do wanna talk about is the like I think it must be like the main like theme of the movie. It's the On the Nature of Daylight by Max Richter. And um, this movie had like a lot of random music in it, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that one in particular has been used in like a number of movies. Um, And I liked that movie or that music. It felt like kind of like Hans Zimmer-esque to me. Not quite, but like – definitely felt like a movie score of this era
1: there were also no original scores on the inside, entire soundtrack everything mm-hmm. on the soundtrack mm-hmm. for this movie was pulled from other movies which i thought was interesting
0: um, yeah and on
1: the the boat the very first song they play as they're pulling up the island is from the shining as well yeah it's like really? kind of your first tell back hey something something credits yeah.
0: yep. <laughs> you're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> this is i not, know this, this is somewhere. not <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, wow. I thought, um, I liked the music. I thought it was really good music. There was just parts where it was like alarmingly loud. And I don't know if that was like part of the bit where it was like, he was like imagining this in his mind and that's like how the music would have played or if they just made it loud. I'm not really sure, but it was like really loud, especially when they're like walking up to like go into the like Mm -hmm. building for the first time. And then he like touches the doorknob and there's nothing. And you're like, it just went from like, Movie theater loud to now like whisper and you're gonna throw everything off.
1: <laughs> and it was a very like calm scene. It was very dramatic music with, yeah. with the calm scene. It was just just off putting. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't feel mm-hmm.
0: right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The music like right from the get go was just like this is not gonna be a like you kind of knew that it was a creepy, thrillery movie from the beginning. Mm-hmm. There was no question about it um and along with that like right at the beginning they had that like creepy lady um the who like looked at teddy and like did the finger over her mouth like shh symbol that was too much i literally saw that and i was like nope not watching this movie Like, if that's what this is going to be, I'm, like, not a fan. (laughs) I don't do scary movies. I don't do horror. I don't do ghosts. And I, like, looked at that and I was, like, I swear to God, one more thing and I'm turning this movie off. Like, I I just cannot. But that was, like, the only part that was like that, really. Yeah. Yeah. And I think – so I want to talk about, like, the makeup and the costuming and, like, the way this movie is made and kind of, like, how Mm -hmm. it made you feel. So that's kind of, like, the beginning part. Um, but in general, and we'll talk about like specific moments, but I kind of felt like some of it was like overdone to the point where like it felt almost like unbelievable. I don't know, like kind of over the top, but like which parts, like the whole thing, like what they were wearing and like the way people were dressed and acting. Like, I just feel like it was like a little bit like I I told you, like I was kind of laughing. Like, I don't, I feel like I shouldn't have been having that reaction to this, like, very serious thrillery movie. I think um, some of that is, like, intentional because it's supposed to be, like, they're putting on a play, like, for him, Mm -hmm. right? So so they dress him up like a detective. Yeah. They, like, put them in the prisoner garb or whatever. Like, everyone's, like, dressed as they're supposed to be per his whatever he's concocted in his head yeah 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 so i think that part of that was like meant to be like that yeah that makes sense i feel like this is one of those movies you need to like watch again to like really get Mm -hmm. it i think um and we'll talk about that later too when we talk about the end um but okay one thing i did and this could just be me like not knowing like the time periods and all that stuff but I had this weird where I was kind of like what year is it and Mm -hmm. like like kind of felt a little bit like it could have been like today or it could have been like a long long time ago and it's like set in the 50s right yeah Mm -hmm.
1: I think it would have been taken place in 54 yeah based on like the timeline they gave
0: which is just, yeah. I don't know. I just had this weird feeling of like I don't even know like what time it is in this movie. They're,
1: I think they are trying to get you to know that it was like somewhat close to the end of World War II because there were so many mm-hmm. flashbacks to that, and they were like all yeah. World War II veterans. But I like you're right. Like before they started doing those flashbacks, I had no idea what time period it was.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it felt pretty accurate to what it would have looked like back then, honestly, because like prisons like this did still exist in the 50s, um, and. Like, the prison system in general has gone through, like, a lot of reform since then. Like, even in, into, like, the 80s and the 90s, I think. And there were, like, true, like, mental prisons. Like, nowadays, like, I don't think they treat people the same way. Um, I hope they so don't. I- <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And, like, I don't really want to talk about this, like, a ton. But I did not like that aspect of this movie. Like, just the way that they would talk about, like, mental or, like – um mentally disabled people like in this in this movie i thought it was like really it felt very hateful and i i think that's more just like the they were acting along with um teddy's character but like that that probably was pretty accurate to the 50s because i don't think people had like the language that they do now to speak about people with um mental handicaps yeah Yeah, with respect exactly
1: teddy's thing too is like he didn't have much love for these people because his wife probably, you know, had some mental, well, not probably had mental issues. And like, obviously he was mm-hmm. fighting through his own. So like, obviously he didn't mm-hmm. have a very good outlook on these people. And that was probably part of it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, probably some of the psychiatric stuff they did was even ahead of the time that it would have been. Because they probably still were doing like lobotomies and stuff in the 50s. And they were talking about they were giving them drugs rather than doing that type of thing. It's like this hospital was probably somewhat advanced for the time, which I think they were trying to get out through the movie too.
0: Mm-hmm hmm yeah yeah it and the the one guy who you're so suspicious of the whole time the main doctor dr collie i think that's yeah. dr mm-hmm. collie he's like the one that was actually like trying to treat people well mm-hmm. and yes. he was like trying to get that point across and that was just like going straight over everybody's head like just the arc of it away. was good though like by the end i like totally felt like i understood his character like i liked it yeah. a lot yeah
1: and they, and they threw you off by throwing in like the German doctor too. Like that was definitely an intentional thing to be like, okay, maybe they are evil. Like just with it being that time yeah. period, like, oh, here's an evil German guy. We're all working <laughs> together doing this, you know, evil thing. I think that was uh-huh. intentional too.
0: Yeah, yeah. The whole storyline of like the, um, like Teddy, you know, fighting in World War II and like going and um, saving every not saving, but, like, closing Dachau and, like, killing all the soldiers there, like, mixed in with, like, the post-World War II and the, the German guy, like, that felt very, like, um kind of realistic to, like, what how all these stories always go. Like, it's always some sort of, like, national, like, espionage thing, like, the modern version being, like, the Russians are coming to get us or whatever. Oh, yeah. um, so this is, like, the like a little bit older version of that same story i think and they even (laughs) got
1: into like the communist stuff because they had like the you know anti-american whatever those funding this hospital supposedly Mm -hmm. they were trying to rat Mm -hmm. out the communists in america and stuff like that They even got into that part too um
0: that should have been a giveaway that like that should have been a giveaway to the ending honestly i don't really know how like it wasn't to me because Mm -hmm. it's that's so like the cliche version of this kind of story, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about it a little bit already, but the Dachau flashbacks, um, what did y'all think about those? Because they're, they're pretty dark, honestly, Um, especially the one where he lined up all the, the soldiers there and shot them. Um. That was very, very dark to me. That was probably, like, the one part of the movie where I was, like, oh, wow. Like, I kind of had to, like, look away a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Court, you know this. But I have, like, a soft spot in my heart for that mm-hmm. time period and everything that happened. So that was, like, it was emotional for me because I was, like, I, like that, I can't imagine, like, witnessing that. And like what oh, that yeah. would do to your mental health. Yeah. And seeing someone like on screen struggling with like having just witnessed this like atrocity against humanity and then having to like grapple with his own like issues that he's having and like knowing that he like played a part in it. Like I, that was like made it feel real, like what he was going through and like gave you like empathy yeah, for, for the sure. character a lot.
1: And then he had that Um, and then also his own personal issues after mm -hmm. the war too. Then, I mean, beyond his, what he had going on, like what was going on around him as well, which kind of made you understand where all this was coming from.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have either of you been to Dachau? Mm -mm. Um, I've gone, so like a hundred years after this movie is set. And it's honestly like a very humbling place because they did they had gas chambers and crematoriums there. Um, and I did like a little bit of research into it. Don't want to talk about it like a ton. But I think that like at least like 40,000 prisoners died there. Um, and like they had over 200,000 people incarcerated there. And it's like – it's honestly like a tiny camp. Like it's so crazy. So I, I think they they actually did those scenes justice um and like effectively making it like very dark and like getting you in teddy's head of like having that always like in the back of his mind and like Mm -hmm. i thought it was weird how they like kept flashing back to it and putting were they putting his kids in like the pile the piles of the the prisoners the daughter daughter and his wife yep or not his wife but the rachel woman
1: Yes. Yeah, so it like was took Rachel, the place of his wife in his head for a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah Rachel number 1 cuz there's two Rachels, but Rachel number 1 in his head was the one who like murdered her three children, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um Okay. The other thing too is the storm on the island um that lasted like a day right and then they spent like like a fourth of the movie just like randomly cleaning off like huge large branches (laughs) from buildings (laughs) like there was that one moment when the the people that worked at the facility just like threw all the the branch (laughs) like just threw it off the roof and I was like oh okay (laughs) I thought the effects that they used to like make the storm were just terrible like <laughs> it's not what a storm looks like we all know it like you couldn't have just trees
1: like just like falling out of the ground left yeah. and right i was like i mean shooting it was around yeah
0: like <laughs> why was it so it was like, destructive I don't, <laughs> I don't know and it's supposed to be off the coast of boston does That's boston have storms boston. like that
1: yeah, the boston harbor i don't think it's a lot of hurricanes no i can't no. Imagine. <laughs>
0: And then they had the, like, moment where they were worried about the um, high-profile prisoners that were in that, like, other building. They're all let out. Well, we were like, if we shackle them, they're all going to drown. And then they were, like, out and they were just, like, running around and all, like, the prison workers were trying to, like, wrangle them down. (laughs) So bad.
1: And they talked about how, like, on lockdown it was, and they just let the two of them just wander in and, like, walk walk around the halls and stuff. Like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I I guess they knew, but still, it was like, that doesn't make any sense.
0: But also, like, okay, so you have this guy who's supposedly, like, pretty dangerous. He just, like, snaps on people, and you're going to let him wander around in a facility where you know someone who he just, like, beat to literally almost death and you're just going to like let him walk through there. And like, I don't know. He could have killed somebody. Like yeah. he could have really he injured did. someone.
1: He almost like, did kill he somebody. He tried to someone. choke out the one guy.
0: That's no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. That was one of those scenes where I was like laughing. And I was like, I probably shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> it's like a little crazy. It was just kind of like, what is going on? Like, what is the point of this scene? Like, how does this add to the story? Which I don't think it really did. Other than showing you that he's a violent pri- patient, prisoner, whatever—I don't, I don't know—patient, I guess. I think um, what that whole scene did in that building, where he like ran up and like choked at that guy, and then he ran down and he like was talking to George Noyce, Like mm-hmm. that whole scene of like confused me, the viewer, mm-hmm. and I think that was the point of it—to like have enough going on that like you were left being like, wait, what? Did I just watch? Like, I'm really mm-hmm. confused about this story because I think without it, it would have been a little bit too, like, straightforward what was going on. And that kind of lets you, like, blur the lines between, like, being in Teddy's head and then also, like, being with the doctors and, like, Mark Ruffalo's, like, true character.
1: Mm-hmm. This was the first time that Chuck let him be alone was in this, like – high security prison where he just almost beat up a guy like that. Like, you just let him run <laughs> off and do whatever. Like, you're supposed to keep an eye on him to make sure he's not doing what he just did. And you just let him go see the guy again.
0: Yeah. I think okay. he, like, had to, though. He, like, had to yeah. go see that guy. Come that was, like, guy, a yeah. pivotal part yep. of him, like, coming back. Yes. What did y'all think of that scene? Him talking to George Noyce, like, through the bars. It was very creepy. Mm-hmm. It was super creepy. I like the way that um, George Noyce was portrayed. I, yeah, I, like, watching that was kind of, like, I think, like you said, like, just served as confusion because i was like okay so this is george noyce who we've been talking about who's one of your friends who doesn't live here and he's talking about this andrew latest person who you have been talking about in your dreams and maybe he Mm -hmm. is andrew latest maybe he's not like uh, like very like the whole thing i was like okay like who who is who are these people like who is everybody
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and then dolores being in the back of the cell that was when I really knew that Teddy Daniels was like not all right. I was like, there's something going on in that man's head that is not not just this facility. Mm-hmm.
1: And the fact yeah. that the guy in the cell was even saying, like, you have to let her go, is like he mm-hmm. knew something knew that was enough going on. Yeah. about the mm-hmm.
0: situation. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Okay, so let's deep dive a little bit. We talked about the Dachau flashbacks um let's talk about like all the Dolores flashbacks so we talked about some of them um but they would always like randomly happen and like they progressively got like more and more dramatic um I think Michelle Williams did like a pretty good job in those flashbacks but I just felt like they were like kind of confusing to the viewer
1: and some were flashbacks and some were hallucinations where she would just mm-hmm. like pop up in random places. Mm-hmm. And just never she's like the boogeyman. You never knew when she was gonna come out of hiding. She would just like always be there. And sometimes yeah. it didn't like it really served a purpose. She was just there.
0: Mm-hmm. And as the viewer, you think like she's just his wife that died really tragically. Mm-hmm. And At first. so like Yeah. Yeah. And it's like Okay, like I get it. Like this was a very tragic thing that happened. This was the love of your life. Like I understand, but you don't hold on to someone like that just because they died in a tragic way. So like it kind of lets you know that there's something more going on or something he didn't tell us. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Especially when we have all the flashbacks of the little girl. So at first you think that that's Rachel's daughter who mm-hmm. is like at the beginning revealed as the woman who murdered her three children by drowning them. Um, But that girl was definitely confusing me because she kept coming back and I knew there was something to her. Um, So do y'all feel like the dreams, the flashbacks, the hallucinations, like, do you feel like they were a giveaway? Like from the beginning that, there was something more going on here or do you think like at first they just felt like true flashbacks? Um I don't really know what I thought they were. Um I'm not sure that I even thought they were connected to the storyline in any way other than to show you that he's like unwell. Okay. And like, yeah, and looking I looking yeah, back true. on it
1: you can see how it give away give it away. Like looking back on it yeah. now you understand what they were trying to mm-hmm. show you. But during the movie, I don't think it gave anything really large away until Rachel kind of stepped in and was like almost like portraying his wife. And yeah. you couldn't figure out like why do they have that connection. That's mm-hmm. when the first time I was like, okay, something does feel up with these.
0: The scene where yeah. he, Teddy goes into Rachel number one cell and then like hugs her and like yeah. they have a moment. Mm-hmm. That was like really weird. Yeah. I think that was almost supposed to be him like coming out of it a little bit like Mm -hmm. he was coming out of his teddy character back into andrew and Mm. like for like a split second and having that like if if it was his wife standing in front of him like how he would treat her after like what had what had happened and i think he was like seeing her as dolores and so it was like kind of coming back to him and he was like giving her comfort yeah it's kind of weird like talking about it with the perspective of the end that you know that's kind of what was happening because I when I was watching it the first time I remember like not being as concerned about him I was more concerned about Rachel I was like Mm -hmm. this lady's weird like why is she hugging him like like he's being put through this like I was more concerned about her storyline Because I was like, where did Mm -hmm. she go? Like, how did they find her? Like, she's very suspect. Um, But I guess she was just, like, in on the role play. I think so. I think um, that woman may have actually been a Rachel. Not the Rachel he thought she was, but actually a woman named Rachel. And Mm -hmm. because after that scene, he kind of has, like, a freak out moment and Dr. Kali is like, oh, I, like, I didn't think it was going to go that far. Like, I thought she was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that woman was in no way, shape, or form all there. A- no, at I, all. I think she was a nurse who was helping in the role play. So she was She was a nurse I think who She was, was posing a patient. to be. No, she was a nurse who was posing to be, like, Rachel, I think. And then the Rachel number two was just like a figment of his imagination. She was not real. That is like a whole other thing. I thought that woman was like a real patient (laughs) that was unwell because she was acting wild. I believe that she was like this crazy. I thought she she was 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 like the psychiatrist for a second. But then I was like. But why is she just like traveling around this island? Like, why doesn't she want to get off?
1: <laughs>
0: That's really weird.
1: Because they can't get off. No one gets off.
0: Nobody the else. rats. Nobody. Can we talk about the rats? I hate that scene. I like he like was like stepping around the rats. Does he have was, like, an aversion to rats? Like, what is the deal with the rats? Uh, uh, yes. I think everybody has an aversion <laughs> to rats. If you saw that happen of them like coming out of that hole, <laughs> what in your in your right mind would make you step through the rats? The hundreds of – they were huge. Did you see how big they were? You're and then go guy. into the hole that they came out of. <laughs> oh. You cannot tell me if you saw rats like that, you would not <laughs> like turn and bolt the other direction. Where is he going to go? You would have got into the sea. It'd be better than the The rats. Water's freezing.
1: Was it I be, be like, like, I'm so swimming to like the lighthouse. He's gonna find the rat of like the you know, facility up there. Was it supposed to be like a metaphor of like, oh, he found the person's gonna oh. rat out what they're doing? And like that's why there are so many rats. Even though know, she wasn't real, but like Maybe that's what, I don't know. I have no idea. I didn't like that scene. Though. Interesting
0: many thought. That is very insightful. Could be. <laughs> what really struck me about that scene, like the whole time I was watching it, is the like split second moment that you saw Mark Ruffalo's character just like laying at the bottom of the cliff. Like he had fallen down the cliff into the water. And I was like, whoa. And then he like appeared later. And I was like, I'm so confused about how he didn't fall and die and then it kind of all started to make sense. So, <laughs> i guess um at what point did y'all like start to realize kind of what was going on that like he was really a patient who was having like some sort of hallucination.
1: Not for walks, i really did. Like i like when they gave him pills at the beginning, i'm like, "Oh, those aren't going to be aspirin. Like those are going to be mm-hmm, something. something to like mess him up. And well, so like, it was in like a little like, okay. cup.
0: And you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, pre-portioned. Yeah. Nice. So I, was like, I was
1: like, okay, maybe they are pulling like this fast one on him. And this like this evil scheme. I didn't really realize until they were in the lighthouse. Probably. I was like, okay, there's nothing mm-hmm. in the lighthouse. Like something's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Same. I think it was for me, it was the lighthouse. I thought for yeah. sure that he was going to like, they were drugging him and they were trying to like capture him and make him a patient yeah. somehow. I did too. The scene, and we already talked about the scene, but where he's talking to George Noyce like through the bars is when mm-hmm. it started to make sense for me. Oh, and wow. I just wrote down like George is the only one telling him the truth question mark, because what that was your the very only story, story. That was the only story sure that was different must, from the story yeah. everyone else was telling him. And so it was the only one
1: that wasn't scripted, yeah. Cause yep, everyone else yeah. was like very scripted and on point. hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yep. And so that's like kind that of where so I started to sense. figure it out. Because that's how when he I was got like, away from Chuck. This is different. Yep. Yeah. Oh. And oh, I feel like um, I didn't even watch this movie again. There was like a weird interaction he had with the warden after his little like fiasco running around on the island for like 48 hours. And mm-hmm. that was like, I was like, okay. Like about the they violence. know each other. This warden knows this person that's only yeah. been here for however long, and you this is your first interaction and you know each other that well. Like You're talking about yeah, the scene where they're driving in the car and they're like talking about how they're, they're both violent like, people. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, he was like, and he's like, what if, if I just
1: spit your eye off right now? Like... Yeah.
0: And he's like, go ahead that scene was just like weird (laughs) i feel like that was just martin scorsese being like we just need to like inject a really strange scene just to throw people off and the warden
1: did nothing else in the entire movie like he was just there otherwise that was like the only scene he was actually in
0: you know what that scene effectively did though i thought it was so weird that like all that crazy stuff had happened where like leonardo dicaprio was just like running around the island and then he just like appeared out of the woods and got picked up in a car by the warden i was like um okay (laughs) no questions asked (laughs) like i guess that kind of proved like
1: they knew exactly where he was the whole time because like they definitely signed a car to go get him yeah Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah okay so i guess like at the very end it's The end is confusing to me. Um, And I thought the way that they did it was cool. So we'll kind of talk about how they did it. And then we'll talk about like the two interpretations of it. So how they did it, like when he goes to the lighthouse and he's like the scene where he's running up the lighthouse. And then he like stops on a landing and goes out the door and there's like nothing in there. And then he does that like three times until he gets to the top. And then they explain everything to him. Um. And probably the coolest part is like how they show how intelligent Andrew Latest really is um and how his mind is like kind of crazy like it was definitely giving me like a beautiful mind feelings mm-hmm. at that moment um like especially with the anagrams of the names like I did not pick up on yeah. that at all No I mean how could you The no. the other Lattis anagram is not exactly a common name <laughs> No Um, The other anagram that's like very intriguing to me is actually the title. So Shutter Island is an anagram for truths slash denials. What? That's cool. Yeah. This is definitely a book. You can tell this is definitely a novel. It's way too creative to be a movie. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I I was like very about the anagrams. I was like, like somebody like hold me down like this is wild I yeah. like i was like this is so cool and like this whole world that he had constructed like it's just phenomenal that like people can do that because i mean this is something that actually happens and so yeah. like the fact that it was so well put together like there weren't any holes in his story
1: like well, even everybody it it had a
0: place with-
1: with rachel because they're like oh she still thinks that she's at her house and everyone's just like delivery men or postmen or milkmen like yeah. they even hinted at people being able to like construct this reality
0: that mm-hmm. no one
1: gave a poke holes and even if you sit there and tell them this isn't real like they still are in their own reality yeah they kind of like set that up at the beginning
0: mm-hmm. it's like the truman show but the opposite
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> the less fun truman show
0: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So I guess like the truth of what happened to him is that his wife Dolores was, um, what they say, manic depressive, and he kind of knew about it but didn't react properly, and so she ended up um, burning their house down, and then drowning their three children, and he found them, and then she I guess she burned he- their house down.
1: Mm-hmm. She burned. That's what they. At first, she just burned their like apartment or whatever down. And then they moved mm-hmm. to that lake house, and then that's where she drowned the kids.
0: Oh, oh okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. I didn't so pick up like, on that part. he, like, knew that she was crazy. There was, was fire. <laughs> he didn't yeah, just Yeah, like, was fire. Dude, Okay. No, there was fire, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, kind of, I think what they said is that the reason he created this whole world is because he felt responsible for it. Like, he mm-hmm. felt like, oh, I knew that she was not well. And instead of doing something help. about it and getting her help, I left her at this lake house with the kids for a week. Yeah. And then she just drowned this, drowned them. And like, he felt like it was his fault.
1: Um, and then that he was just like drinking, I guess, to get away from it. Like, he was just like, oh, I'll just forget about it. Like, also like his past problems, like, oh, I'm just going to drink and then act like it's not happening. And I think he kind of blamed mm-hmm. himself that way, too.
0: That feels very very realistic to the 50s, like the way people Mm -hmm. dealt with problems. Just ignore them and drink. I think people still deal with problems that way. (laughs) Yeah, but at least like people's – they're more out in the open. People talk about them more. Some people talk about it more. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We can talk about them here if you want to. (laughs) Um, Okay. There's – so then the very, very end – so, um, Dr. Cawley base and, um, Chuck or Chuck Dr. Sheen. Yeah. He's Dr. Sheen at this point. He's revealed to be his like main, um, main psychiatrist. They kind of explained to Teddy like, Hey, like you need to accept this reality so that we can say that you're accepting it and we can tell them not to lobotomize you. It was also like a big experiment that they were doing with him to prove that they could like pull someone out of it by playing along with them and showing them like what, like showing them exactly what they think is happening is not by letting them believe it. And then like getting to the point where it's like, all right, where is it? Show me you've, you've run around, you've done all of this investigating and it's not here. Show us where it is. Like, you yeah. have to accept it. Like, at this point in time, you have to. And so I think that they were, like, going to it being, like, a very progressive facility. Like, they were trying to not have to do whatever, medicate or restrain or whatever these people, like, we can bring mm-hmm. them back. And well, so then they need him to go, like, they need. They needed him to come back to prove yeah. that yeah. they could do it. So, so they get to him, they go through his role play, and then he realizes who he is and what really happened. And then at the very end, um, he's on the the steps of the facility with Dr. Sheehan. And he makes the comment, like, kind of about wanting to start it all over again. He, like, mentions, like, come on, Chuck, we've got to, like, figure out what's going on, on this island. And so I think there's two interpretations to this ending. And I had... Very specifically, I remember in this moment, like having one of them. And so I'm curious to know, like, which one y'all thought. So the first interpretation is that Andrew Latest relapsed again. So he he's starting over. He thinks, like, okay, like this is Chuck, we've got to get it off this island. Like his brain is like recreating. He's, he's yeah. yes, he's, re- it's recreating him. Um, the other interpretation is that he knows full well what's going on, he's accepted reality. But he wants to die. So he he asks at the very end, like, is it worse to live as a monster or die as a good man? And so, like, one interpretation, and this is what I thought, is, like, oh, like, he doesn't want to
1: live He's anymore. He's smart he enough to be know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it may be, maybe he hadn't relapsed at that point. Maybe he knew, like, I will, and then we have to go through this again. Eventually, and I might as well just yeah. say that I relapsed now and get it over with. Instead like of, like, knew- hurting more people. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. they did actually bring in a psychiatrist to, like, psychoanalyze this scene. Ooh. And to, like that's cool. explain what's happening in the scene and to, like, tell based, on, like, in the psychologist's, like, professional opinion what had happened. And it what had happened is that he did understand and yeah dr Sheehan knew he understood but also understood that he was like letting himself go it's like yeah like i'm i'm ready to not have to live this way anymore and so like this is what i have to do and that's Mm -hmm. that's the end
1: I, I was I, at the end of the movie that I wish they'd left it open, not in that way, but in the way mm-hmm. of like not knowing if he was being detained wrongfully and they made up this story to like keep him there, or if he really was crazy. Like, I wish they'd left that part of it open. Like, yeah. is he really mm-hmm. this lame-ass person, or did they make that up? And like, you had to like show yeah. yourself if that was true. Or I thought that would have
0: been yeah. cool, but that would be interesting. I was about they left it
1: a little open ended. Still,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. I I think that they. I really liked this scene and I like the fact that it was kind of open-ended. The scene like almost made me add a half a star to the rating. I like debated it for a second. Um, But I don't think it was like quite as open-ended as it could have been to your point, Robbie. Like for example, Mm -hmm. Leo's other movie of this year, Inception, I think that has like a much more like effective open-endedness to the end that I liked. And like, I think this was like, kind of just really like your interpretation but both ways are kind of like the same in the end like i don't know it doesn't really matter because yeah he's yeah. Not gonna be the same person anyways
1: it's it's yeah. not really an open ending it's just an op- like how we got to the ending like what route we took did he actually relapse or did he want to be lobotomized because you know what how it was gonna end is that he's gonna get a lobotomy but you don't mm-hmm. know the decisions that got him to that point i guess is the openness of it
0: Yeah, the thought of a lobotomy is like so barbaric to me like Ugh. you don't feel it it's painless oh, okay <laughs> I mean it is uh, yeah I know but just like <laughs> leaving people in that state I don't know you know that they um, used to do that to women who like were like had opinions and stuff they just like lobotomize them and be like oh look she's she's fixed <laughs> <laughs> well they were witches they had to yeah. Yeah. Um, now we just okay muck all over the place <laughs> Casting spells, wreaking havoc. Okay. Um, <laughs> so talking about movies we don't know anything about. about. <laughs> oh, shit. We better watch out. Um, is there anything else that y'all wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? I think, I think we so. did a pretty thorough uh, – <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think we did yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, let's go to the ratings. Um, okay, cool. Robbie. <laughs> Uh, as a reminder we rate our movies through letterbox so zero to five stars with half star increments so if you would like to rate it first robbie
1: i'm I'm gonna give it a three Um, okay i I actually i didn't think it was horrible like i didn't think it was an awful (laughs) movie we talked about many of the issues with the movie and they were there but i think Mm -hmm. it's an above average movie and i was like interested to see how it was gonna end i wasn't like Mm -hmm. oh whatever and like i didn't know how it was gonna end so i'd give it a three it was above average for me
0: Nice. Okay. That's pretty respectable. mm Hmm. Liz, um, I gave it two and a half stars. So, like, halfway there, middle of the road. Yeah. Um, like, I don't think it's one that I need to necessarily watch again. Like, if I felt so impelled to like understand more about it, like maybe I'd watch it again. Um, and like, I don't know. Like, if this is your kind of movie, go watch it. Like, you'll probably like it better than I did. but Mm -hmm. uh two and a half stars it was okay it was uh, it was okay (laughs) yeah I also gave it two and a half stars um I like enjoyed the movie (laughs) and I enjoyed the acting but kind of like (laughs) I said like my brain was just like not really getting it like I was like there were moments when I literally burst out laughing and I was like That was not supposed to be funny. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really know what's going on. Like I think unlocking some personal things for Courtney. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And so I think it was just like kind of like what I was saying at the beginning. Like it was like on the cusp of like being so dramatic that it was like way too over the top. And like that would like get those points in my brain where I was like, this is just like uh, a little, little cheesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I liked it and I liked the story and I thought it was, um, I enjoyed the ending, like to your point, Robbie. like I I by the time I got halfway through, I was like invested enough to like keep going to like figure out what was happening because right. they kept you kind of confused the whole time. So that was good. Mm-hmm. So we all gave it like very like average ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the world would not agree with those ratings so on letterboxd it has a 4.1 average it's pretty good Um, for letterboxd the tomato meter has the lowest score which is a 69 okay um the audience score on rotten tomatoes is a 77 wow it's pretty good on imdb it got an 8.2 so right up there with letterboxd and 89 percent of google users liked the movie So we're like the minority. (laughs) We are harsh, harsh critics over here at the Be critics (laughs) podcast. Yeah. I wouldn't say harsh. We just, I feel like this was maybe not like type of movie the three of us watch on the rig. I don't think that's true. I think I generally like like movies like this. Like I like psycho (laughs) thrillers. Um, I just think this one was like a little (laughs) bit. Extra, maybe I don't know. Trying a little it was too off.
1: hard to be like a make cool you yes. think type of movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was
0: trying too hard. That's the right way to put it, yeah. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's all we've got for this episode. So, Robbie, thank you so much for joining. um Like liz mentioned at the <laughs> beginning, um uh, make sure that you go check out Robbie's podcast bros in the berg yep, yeah we're on
1: all streaming platforms so you can follow us on all social media at bros and the berg so go check it out
0: it's like a sports like yeah, comedy like sports <laughs> yeah yeah very sports. different than this not some, movies some <laughs> culture. yeah
1: we don't we talk about the most movies we talk about is like marvel movies so if you're interested in marvel and like movies you can yeah. come over and check us out but
0: you can get your awesome. marvel hook up there because you, you go. won't get yep. it here
1: <laughs> no you will
0: <laughs> yeah. not you just spider-man <laughs> only <Sure. laughs> maybe, maybe one day we'll do deadpool <laughs> it's funny there you go <laughs> yeah okay all right thanks all right. robbie, thanks, robbie. <laughs> thanks guys bye, bye. <laughs> all right and also goodbye to the b critics fam uh thanks for tuning in to our episode be sure to leave us a, reva- a rating or a review drop us a comment on youtube and leave us an answer to our poll and q a section on spotify and you can find more information about the podcast and our whole podography on our website becritics.com or find the links to all the things on our link tree in the episode show notes. Next week, we're going to be talking about a simple favor, which is equally as dark, but lighter somehow. I don't know. You'll just have to watch and listen along. Be sure to subscribe and follow on all the things so you don't miss it. You can find us on your preferred platforms. or on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right. Bye, guys. See you all next Monday. Bye, guys.